Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I'm always in the marketplace for top talent, top ideas, leadership, insights, distinctions, creating a forum where authentic, organic conversations can grow and sharing it with you guys. So today I'm really happy to introduce Elise Bessler, and she's a voice and embodied life and leadership coach, but more importantly, because a lot of these ideas around burnouts and talking about nervous system regulation, somatic healing, parasympathetics, is a fascinating concept, and I'm happy to welcome Elise to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm always interested in physiology, spirituality, you know, energy, these kind of techniques and kind of just getting understanding where it fits in. So tell us about your story, your background, how you got started and what you do. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Thanks for asking. I This is one of my favorite questions to answer because, um, you know, I've finally honed it down to a, a reasonably a reasonable length <laughs> in the answer. Um, uh, well, it started way back when, when I was born. Um, but yeah, essentially, essentially, uh, I like to start, you know, this part of my story by just saying that I, I started out as a, a painfully shy child. I used to hide behind my mother's legs and um, I wasn't ever really able to speak up. You know, when I was a kid, I just had this like crippling fear of of speaking. And yet I also loved to sing. And so I had this like sort of dichotomy going on inside of my body. And um, and uh, so I, you know, I ended up studying voice and I ended up studying, um, you know, performance and I learned how to hone, you know, my own nervous system responses. Um, but I also uh, started coaching voice and that's how I really got into this uh, idea of understanding how the nervous system plays a huge role in our ability to be able to show up authentically in our lives. Um, particularly because I was working with public speakers and singers who inevitably came to me with trauma. And polyvagal theory, which is a nervous system study, tells us that every time we have trauma, we are affected in, at the voice and the breath level. And so I started studying and sort of diving into this world of, of uh, how the nervous system can help us, you know, show up in that authentic way. And it also, bonus, helped me in my own life as well. And I was able to really hone in on that fear of showing up and um, that fear of being visible. And so that's sort of how I've come to, to this point in my, in my career where I'm supporting, you know, coaches and leaders and 
and performers, you know, people who really want to be visible and and have that uh, that feeling of felt sense of safety when they show up in front of other people. I love that. And I love um, this really fascinating how you came to this through voice and um, basically how people expressive and, you know, the first thing to go is your voice, um, which is quite very, you know, I've never heard of that aspect. But um, so you know, you mentioned something called polyvagal theory and yeah. kind of um, just for the audience, just kind of big overview and then we'll get into, you know, your work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, polyvagal theory is uh, a, a nervous system theory, a nervous system study that was founded by Dr. Stephen Porges. And I've studied with uh, a woman named Deb Dana, who has basically taken the theory and and br- brought it down into, you know, to for us all to be able to understand it so that it's not, it's still very sciencey, but um, it, it allowed folks like myself who are not scientists to be able to come into the work and to be able to understand how to learn how to um, regulate our own nervous systems, but then also so that we can co-regulate with other people. And that's so important in leadership, right? To be able to understand what's happening in somebody else and to be able to to meet that and match that in a way that feels really safe. Um, so yeah, it's a really incredible, I always say if anyone is is curious about polyvagal theory, please check it out. There's lots of resource on the internet, but definitely check out Deb Dana's work um, because she she's done a great job of, of making it uh, digestible for everyone. Yeah, yeah. There's a. I think the book that you're referring to, and I, I was reading. I was like, it was run me of uh, physiology back in you know first year of medical school. Just kind of the talking about parasympathetics and um, what's interesting is you know you because you mentioned this idea the voice and the breath are the first thing to go, mm-hmm. but then you know talking to healers and coaches, life coaches, they all they said it all starts with the breath. So, um, which is kind of the entry, the gateway for regulating your, you know, mind and emotion. One thing you talk about is uh, where does nervous system regulation fall in your coaching and leadership? Is number one. <laughs> it's number one. It's that felt sense of safety. Um, you know, from a from a neurosomatic perspective, and again, this is the work that I've studied. You know, and I've been mentored in. Um, you know, when we when we explore changing the signal, right? The signal that comes from the body to the brain, um, like 80% of our felt sense of safety comes from the signals that our body is giving our brain, right? And so if we can sort of shift the quality, you know, the quality of the lead, if you will, coming into the brain um, at that that felt sense of safety on an embodied level, um, there's just so much more possible because the outputs that the brain creates is, is just you know, it's it's less threat, right? It's not seeing as much threat. Um, and so nervous system, nervous system stuff is where we begin and it's where we continue um, when I'm working with my one-to-one clients. And, and I also work in groups and retreat format and, you know, in group programs and stuff. But yeah, it's number one. Like I think it's, it's most important. Um, and in polyvagal theory, you know, we're talking, it's, you know, specifically talking about the vagus nerve and, um, I'm assuming, I mean, I know you have a lot of physicians that listen to your podcast, so they know what the vagus nerve is. Um, but yeah, just like really allowing ourselves to be able to vacillate between those mobilized states and those states that are uh, a little bit more, you know, in that calm, that calm state. I mean, 
I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think the majority of the world is kind of in this heightened, heightened state right now, right? Particularly people who are in, you know, leadership positions and people who are um, supporting other people, right? And also just like consuming the media, um, you know, everything that we're consuming really keeps us in, in that heightened state. And so anytime we can get into that calm state and that parasympathetic state, I think we are, it's bonus, right? No matter what you're doing in your life, whether it's work or just your personal life. Um, yeah, that's what I've discovered through this two two plus decades of of doing this work. Yeah, and what's interesting is because you described this. Um, I was gonna talk about, the, um, especially in settings where there's a lot of dysfunction and toxicity. You know, jockeying in the medical profession. You know, like you know, ERs. You know, operating rooms. It's very you know highly you know high stakes and emotions are running high. And uh, this idea of nervous system regulation in these environments and talking about setting boundaries with and um why is it so hard for some people you know their voice shakes um self-doubt they can't they can't they can't show up with confidence what's going on there capacity right i i i think i actually work with a, a couple of physicians that are on my coaching roster right now and we talk about um like how to adjust in a moment because you're right there is it's literally life and death right i mean you're talking about either you know being present to be able to to support somebody through a healing process or not so when i say capacity i mean like practicing of those moments is what allows us to be able to be in that state of regulation or to be able to regulate when we've had uh you know when we're dealing with trauma right um whether we're holding space for it or, or, you know, we're experiencing it ourselves. Right. So I always say that it's the work that we do outside or the practice or the ritual of regulating, regulating our nervous uh, system outside of the moments that we need it the most that are going to give us the access to it when we need it the most. Hmm. I've heard that term holding space. What, what describe that to me, what it feels like or what it looks like. I've, I've heard that term. Hmm. To me, holding space just means that as as the leader or as the person, say, in we're speaking of physicians, as the person who is considered, you know, the expert or the person in the room that everyone looks to, um, to be able to hold space for all of the emotions and all of the um, energies that show up in the room and to be able to almost like I kind of picture it almost like a juggling, right? Um, and to be able to do that from a regulated place is such a gift because then we as the space holders aren't triggered right or we don't act on our triggers if somebody is responding in a way that um that may not align with our own you know with the way we view the world or the way we show up right so holding space to me just means you know safety right creating safety and allowing people to explore whatever they need to explore in any given moment so that we can um we can support them in whatever way we need to. Yeah. The other question I have is uh, some people are highly sensitive to their environments and especially for a physician, you know, this idea of nervous system regulation, but at some points, is it better to find environments that, uh, that are, are not as, uh, you know, that are not, you know, especially for in, in passing people just kind of um is it better for them to find careers or environments or situations where not where they're not exposed to all of that and um tell us more about that 
Well, I would never tell anyone. I would never, you know, <laughs> presume to tell anyone what to do with their life. But I, I do know that, you know, when we're when we're working in high stress environment, that it can sometimes, you know, it can take a toll. I shouldn't say sometimes it it takes a toll, you know, on our own physical and mental and emotional and spiritual health. And so I do think that like what I'm curious about in my work, you know, when I'm working with leaders is like, how can you make it work for you? And I know we're talking about systems like and I'm from Canada. I think you're in the United States. Am I right there? Or are you in Canada as well? Uh, I'm in the States. You're in the States. Yeah. So in Canada, we have a, you know, we have a social medical system. And so the physicians that I'm working with right now, um, there's two in particular are, and that's not my specialty to work with physicians. It just happens to be that these two folks that I'm working with are physicians. It's different because it's a public system. Right. And so, and I, I don't know what the system is like in the United States, um, for, for doctors, um, and for people in healthcare, but I do know that there might be ways, and this is just sort of when we can start getting curious about ways to make the system work for you. And I believe that that's how we can change systems, particularly systems that aren't serving to everyone, right? I don't know if that answered your question or not, but I do think that, yeah, like to make it work for yourself, like if that meant working less hours or if it meant like being in medicine or being in your chosen field, but doing it in a way that that feels a little bit more aligned for you, whether it be scheduling or the people, the populations you're working with, you know, all of that. So I think it could be could be beneficial um, because it almost like takes the load off in some way. Um, but I also know that a lot of doctors are pretty passionate about what they do. And so if this piece that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago is that the capacity is a little more expanded, then it might not feel as challenging and the burnout rates might be less, right? Mm -hmm. If we're, if we're approaching it from a more regulated and a soul aligned space. And I know that soul aligned, maybe not show, might not show up in the, in the world of medicine all the time, but I think that's important too. Like it has to fill your soul, right? Yeah. The, the, the main thing that really resonated with me is creating more space and, um, creating your capacity which is really interesting one thing is also boundaries and um setting boundaries with confidence and dealing with you know corporate bullies and these um i, I call them leeches you know what, whatever you want but how do you setting boundaries you know with confidence and kind of standing up to people etc yeah and you did ask me about that before and i didn't answer <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for swinging back around um what an important topic what an important conversation i think one of one of the main challenges for for folks in corporate or in you know even entrepreneurs you know i work with a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs is how do i and permission to kind of use a little colorful language is, is that okay oh, with yeah. your audience okay yeah, that's fine, and it's yeah. not really yeah. it's not even a swear but i <laughs> i i reached out on my social media platform to ask what it is that people have challenges with and the main number one thing that folks came back with was i want to be able to set a boundary without sounding like a dick right <laughs> and the and the thing is is that i think we know boundaries we've viewed or learned of boundaries as being really hard and rigid like that's what we've witnessed boundaries being and so of course like that's a kind of a threat 
to our brain, right? Because we don't necessarily want to be hard or rigid, or maybe we do, um, but it doesn't feel good afterwards, right? Like we kind of walk away with that, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have been, you know, such a jerk, right? And that's actually a quote, like literally somebody said that they're like, I want to be able to do this without being that, right? But I think that a really important a really important way, and this is kind of a, a multifaceted situation to be able to work through, but the most important piece is to actually check in with ourselves first, right? What sensation am I feeling? And this is before we even respond. How does that make me feel? And I'm gonna put that in quotes. So it could be feeling physical sensation, like maybe it makes my heart rate rise up when the bully comes and leeches. I like that word that leeches onto onto you or onto the yeah let's like really checking in with oneself right and then stating and there's actually a a a format of conversation conversation communication training that i've done as well called nonviolent communication and it's a really great way to just like call someone out you know call someone into the conversation and say hey you know what i heard that i heard what you just said that actually doesn't feel great for me right what I'm interested in is, and then you can state what you're interested in, and then say, I'm not interested in hearing that, or that is not how we're going to be having this conversation, or I don't want to be having that conversation with you in that in that way. What's possible, right? Throw it back to them with a question. Are you open, open to having this conversation in a way that feels a little bit more respectful? If not, then it becomes that hard, rigid place, right? Um, and there's kind of two parts to the anatomy of a boundary, right? It's like calling someone into the conversation. I don't say calling out, even though I think I said calling out a couple of minutes ago, but calling someone into the conversation. And then the second half of it is where the actual boundary comes. It's like an if by when. So if we can't have a conversation that's more respectful, I'm not going to be able to continue this conversation with you. That's the actual boundary, right? Mm. So it's not necessarily the like calling out or the in, <laughs> it's the actual if by when, right? It's the like, I, I'm not interested in that. So if you'd like to have a conversation with me that feels a little bit more respectful to both of us, then I'm totally open to having that conversation, right? Yeah. Um, so again, it's multifaceted, right? There's a lot to boundaries, but I do think that it comes down to nervous system stuff again, right? Like if we're not comfortable at a like feeling safe at an embodied level to be able to speak up are we going to feel comfortable setting a boundary or even opening up the conversation mm, yeah really fascinating and um you know it's kind of like it's like uh, i love this idea where you're just kind of using your nervous system and kind of dealing with you know, different environments people etc can be applied to a lot of different aspects of life how can people contact you follow you check out your social media you know work with you sure yeah thank you for for that because i i love to be able to share this too if people want to stay connected with me um on instagram i'm adelise bessler i have a podcast myself called the embodied leader it's the embodied leader on spotify apple google and then my website is elisebessler.com and uh yeah you can check my work out there and if you want to connect with me i'm available yeah and for all the audience out there let's thank elise for coming onto the show uh, like i said really interesting um how stress and trauma manifests itself and uh, using the breath 
expressing, creating boundaries, dealing with toxic environments. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Great. Thank you for having me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.